0: We're in a two-year campaign and beyond called 24-7, which is based on the Asa Shema, which is two Hebrew words that that comes out of Exodus 24-7. And the word Asa means to do it with all your might and then you'll understand. Now, that actually has to do with our day today. When we do, we understand. And in this two years, the goal is for you and I to tune into the power of the whisper. It's about you and I really hearing from God. And today, what I want to do is I want to take you on a journey together as a church family where you begin to hear the whisper of God, the powerful whisper of God. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, God gives us an invitation to intimacy. And that's what today's about. It's an invitation to intimacy. And in Jeremiah 33, 3, the Lord God says this, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. He invites us to call to him. We're going to call to him today. And then he says, I'm going to answer you. Now, a lot of people have a religious belief system where they're just doing religious things. This is about an intimate relationship where you hear from God, where you call to him, but he also answers you. Then catch the next part. And I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. God says, I'm going to tell you secrets. I'm going to reveal things to you. And that's what you and I are to be experiencing with God is this amazing intimacy with God as our Father as He calls us close to Him. And then He starts to tell you extraordinary things that you would never know apart from Him. That's what I know God wants for you because He loves you. That's what our time today is about is for us to do this together and to leave here better at tuning into Him. And so I want to ask you to do this today. Get ready. Tune in to God. Open up to Him. Now, now, how do we do that? Are you, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take communion together. We're gonna, we only can come into the presence of God the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we're going to take communion to prepare ourselves for this. Then we're going to have a time of confession. And Pastor Bill Hadorn is going to lead us into this time of confession. Because why would we do that? Well, whenever you have a relationship with anybody, if you've done something... Or, or you've let something come into your life that keeps you from them, you need to get rid of it. And we're gonna ask God today if there's something we need to confess to get out of the way so we can be closer to Him and hear Him better, we want Him to do that. And we're gonna do that together. Then after that, we're gonna praise God. And, and why would we do that? Well, He deserves our praise, but you know what the Bible says? We enter His presence with what? Praise. So we're gonna praise God together the way He wants us to. And then we're going to a part in the service where Ronnie Roa is going to invite you and I to sit quietly and listen. To listen to God. And I'm praying, I've been praying all week for you, our Crossroads family, that God's going to talk to you and he's going to tune you in and the whisper's going to come. So that's where we're headed today. We're going to have lots of praise in the midst of it. And so I want us to do that. Well, it starts with communion. Jesus said these words. He looked at his friends. And he said, oh, how I have longed to eat this supper with you. He was talking about the Passover meal, the last supper. And he looked at him and said, I've longed for this. I've wanted this. You know, the Lord Jesus, he longs to have this time we're about to have. I don't know if you caught it. He loves it. He loves you and I stop. He loves that we remember. He longs to share in this intimate moment with us because it's about intimacy. And if you're doing it the way he wants you to, you're going to understand Two incredible things about who he is. One is this at the Last Supper, he picked up a piece of bread that, according to the Passover meal, was called the bread of affliction. And he held it up. And had he done Passover like he had done two years prior with them, he would have held it up and said, This is the bread of affliction, which reminds us of the afflictions that our forefathers had in the land of Egypt when Pharaoh had them in bondage. It reminds us of the affliction of our fathers as they wandered in the wilderness. It reminds us of the affliction that we have suffered over the course of time and the afflictions we have today. But Jesus didn't do that. He picked up the bread and he said, this is my body. And then he broke it. Broken for you. The Lord loves you so much, he was saying this to you and to me, that when that tray comes and you pick up that piece of bread, he goes, I want you to remember that I know you have hurt in your life and you have pain. There's time that people have done things to you that hurt you. There's times that people have betrayed you or said things against you. There's times that you've been ridiculed and attacked. Or times you just thought, I feel so lonely. And he said, I want you to hold on to that bread and realize this is supposed to be on now on my body. If my body was broken for you, I wanted not only to die for your sins, I want to die for your hurts and your pains. And as you hold that bread, it's to remind you of that today. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember he loves you. Remember on that day on the cross as his arms were nailed and his feet were nailed on his body. He took my hurt and pain and your hurt and pain. And he took it in such a way it literally broke his heart. It tore his heart. And he loves you that much. And hold that bread saying, Lord, you love me that much. Then when you take the cup, you'll take the bread and the cup and pass the tray out and hold on to them. When you hold the cup, remember that Jesus at the end of the meal picked up a cup and said, This is my blood. It's a new covenant, a new agreement between you and I that I will wash away your sins. You can't do it. You can't remove it. You can't take it back. So I'm going to take it from you. And we know on that day when his blood was shed on the cross, the most powerful thing that could ever happen, happened. Where he literally took our sin upon him too. And the blood was shed so that you and I would be washed clean. So I'm going to ask you to do some things today. I'm going to ask you to hold the bread and remember that he wants your hurt and pain. Hold the cup and remember he wants to cleanse you completely. And then pray about that and thank him for it. And thank Jesus for the fact that you get to enter the presence of God and come to our Father who loves you. Because that's the whole point that Jesus wants you to come to God as your dad. Then in that moment, I'm going to also ask you to do this. As you take, please do, please say, Lord, open me up to you. Tune me into you. I want to hear from you. I want to know your love. And just say those things to him. Father, right now we come before you the way you ask us to. Jesus, we've come now to remember the way you wanted us to. And I just, Lord, love the fact that as I look out at my church family that I know how much you love them and love me and how much you want our hurt and our pain and our anguish to be surrendered today. Some people have fear. Some have worry. Some, Lord, they're, they're able just to celebrate you've already done this. But I pray no matter what state we're in in this moment that we know that you love us And as we hold the bread and as we hold the cup. I pray that in the midst of partaking we would tune in and communion with you More than ever, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: God, um, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to carry the cross for our shame. God, we're so undeserving, and yet you still love us each and every day. So, Father, I pray that in this moment, you would just... Just send a fire in our hearts, a fire that burns for you, God. It burns just to know you more. We love you so much, Jesus. Continuing our time of worship this morning, um, we're going to celebrate a ton of baptisms, which I think is a huge victory this morning. And our first baptism is a young girl who's eight years old, and her name is Adriana. And uh, she is the most precious thing. I got an opportunity to uh, talk to her before service. And uh, I asked her, what, you know, why did you want to get baptized this morning? And she said, I am ready to be a child of God. And man, well, how moving and passionate was that to hear. So this morning we are going to celebrate many baptisms. And if you are finished with communion, I want to invite you to stand. If you're not, you can stay seated until you are. But let's stand and celebrate and worship with worship this morning. No place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. Here in your love. Here in your love. There's no place I'd rather.
2: that
1: I can't contain that I can't control I want more Sal, you are the first.
3: Let's praise God for those uh, incredible baptisms. You may be seated. Amazing. Amazing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ready or not, here I come. Laughter, giggles, little feet pitter pattering up and down the hallway in between bedrooms. My three-year-old daughter, Mackenzie, laughing hysterically, running away from me, darting past me in the hallway, looking back, her little blonde hair flowing, little beads of sweat on the top of her head, just grinning as she's flying right by me. I'm going to get you, Mackenzie. She goes dashing into the bathroom. I come chasing right behind her, right after her. She gets into the bathroom and I notice that she stops turns around and with this incredible amount of strength looks me straight in the eye. And as I get closer to the bathroom door, she grabs a hold of it and slams it shut right in my face. <laughs> I put my arms up on the door and I remember, remember listening in and I could hear her laughter and her little <laughs> breathing. I heard her say, Mackenzie, I'm going to get you. Okay, Daddy. I went down and I, and I reached for the door handle and you know, I shook it a little bit and noticed that the door was locked. Mackenzie, I'm going to get you. And I heard her say, Daddy, get me. Daddy, come in. Mackenzie, the door is locked. Can you unlock the door? Daddy? Her little breathing started to escalate that excitement kind of turned to a little bit of anxiety that anxiety turned to a little bit of whimpering and that whimpering turned to a full-on cry daddy no like daddy and she began to shake the door and I was sitting right there and I remember just telling her it's okay Mackenzie just unlock the door I'm right here no daddy dark I don't like come in daddy come get me daddy Mackenzie it'll be okay and for what seemed like probably two to three hours for her and truly just about 30 seconds she finally got the lock on the door opened. And I remember the moment she opened the door. I dropped to my knees. She ran and put her little arms around me. I could feel her little tears on my cheek. And she just whispered in my ear, I miss you, Daddy. You know, the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. The Bible says that it's like a wall, a barrier. Maybe even a locked door. Jesus talks about in Revelation, he says, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Why? Because he desires to have this relationship with us. And so often we find ourselves behind a locked door, a wall, which we would call our sin. There are many of you here this morning. You may have some sin right now you haven't dealt with between you and God. Now, we know that God's already forgiven you of your sin. But if we're holding on to things, and our relationship with God can't be what it is because we haven't brought those things before him. Maybe there's some bitterness, there's some anger. Maybe maybe you're dealing with something, uh, with somebody that you love, and so there's strain in the relationship. Maybe there's, uh, you know what, you just don't feel anything anymore. Even during the worship time, maybe you came and you're like, man, all these other people are worshiping, but I just can't. Maybe there's some selfishness in there. Whatever those things are, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to cleanse you, to clean you, to bring you to right relationship, to break down that wall, break down that barrier, to unlock that door. That's what we're going to do here this morning to give you a chance, me a chance to unlock that door to God and say, you know what, I want to put these things out before you. The word confess means to, to acknowledge out loud, to acknowledge to him, to make it apparent that I know about these things and I'm bringing them to God and I'm going to tell him so that he can heal me so that we can be right. So that we can have the relationship that he desires so there's no strain there. So what I'm going to do in a moment is I'm going to actually confess some things to God and I'm going to kind of coach you on how I do that and then I'm going to pray over you guys as a group and then I'm going to give you a chance to go before the Lord and let him know what's going on. Not that he doesn't already know but he wants you to tell him and to come clean right now. Why? Because we're going to have an awesome worship experience today and we want your heart to be prepared. We want your heart to be ready to come and worship our King. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I know even the last couple of services, God, I, I struggled with just even making this a prayer because I'm up on stage and I don't want to make it that, Lord. And so, Father, you know the depths of my heart and you know the things that I've been struggling with. And I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my selfishness I ask you to forgive me because I'm number one a lot of times, and I put myself in the king's seat where you should sit, and so take me out of that seat, God, and, and, I, and I pray you forgive me for that. I pray that, that, that I would not live a selfish life, but I would live my life for you. God, forgive me for being entitled, for feeling like I deserve so much when I just deserve to be a servant at your table. I would just eat the crumbs off your table. Help me to live a life of humbleness and not feel like I'm owed anything. God, forgive me for comparing myself to others and always looking at others and and trying to meet expectations of other people and not you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would heal me I unlock that door to you now so that we can have right relationships, so I can come before you humbly. God, I, I also want to pray for everyone in this room right now that your spirit would move in their midst. God, that, that they would feel your touch right now, that they would hear you uh, calling them, that they would uh, experience you like they never have before calling to them, that you would bring about the things in their life right now that need to be dealt with that aren't and for those who are doing awesome we just pray this time of prayer for them as well but that we can make ourselves right before you and so give us a chance to do that in your name amen go ahead and take a moment go before him
0: We ask, oh God, that you remind us right now of anything that we need to deal with that you're willing to let go of, but we have to be honest with you about. Lord, I pray for freedom for people right now. It feels so good to come and just be honest with you. It feels so good. To tell you that we just know that only by your love and your, your care and the gift of your son are we able to be set free and, and to know you want us to and, and to not pretend we're something we're not, but just to be honest with you, Lord. And I thank you that the fact that what happens is because of your love and because of your care and because of your power and because of Jesus and who Jesus is, that now we're free. We're free, and Lord, I know that you redeem, and I know you restore, and I know you give back, and I know you bless, and your love is so unconditional, and you're so patient with us. And God, I know that too often that me and other people here, we're so quick to give up on others. I thank you, you never, ever give up on us. And God, today, the people who are here in our family are loved, and I pray for those who need that love, that light now, Lord, you'd start to break through, and we pray this in Jesus' holy and blessed name. Amen. We, um, yeah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. We're not just coming to God. We're coming to our Father when we come through Christ. And we did that in communion. And then we confessed so that we might have God take anything out of the way that right now would keep us from that intimacy with him that he desires so much. But I want to have you listen to Psalm 100. Oh, listen to these words. Verse 1. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Think about that again. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now listen to verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. How do we enter into the presence of God now? With thanksgiving and with praise. Give thanks to him to bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. What we're about to do is say, God, we love you. And we want to enter your presence through praise. But notice what it says right there. It says, bless his name. Bless his name. And I want to do that for us. I want to have us do that together. Blessed be the Lord our God, the creator of the universe, who loves us with an everlasting love, who cares for us as a father and we are his children. Blessed be the Lord our God who has called us into a relationship where we can know intimacy, where we can know life. Blessed be the Lord our God who has called us now to live differently than those around us. Not that we'd be better, but we'd be His. Blessed be the Lord our God, who calls for us to love in a way like Jesus would love and live like Jesus would live. And He gives us the power to do it. Blessed be the Lord our God who has bestowed the Holy Spirit on us and in us to guide us and to show us things in life. Blessed be the Lord our God who gives us joy. What does it say there at Crossroads? It says to shout joyfully to Him. To shout praises. I'm going to ask you to do that now. I'm going to ask you to do that now. Let all of us who love the Lord our God stand and shout to Him. Praise God. Praise Him for who He is. Praise Him for His love. Praise Him for His beauty. Praise Him for His power. Praise Him. Shout it out. Say, praise God for your love. Praise you, Lord, that you care about us. Praise you for your presence. Shout to God. Shout to God. We are his people and we are his. And God wants us to do that. Let's shout to the Lord for his love. Shout to him for Jesus. Say, praise Jesus. Praise God. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Let's do it together. And let's sing praise to God right now.
4: Church, let's send another shout of praise to God in his house this morning. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Man, what an unbelievable morning it's been. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 says this, this is the message that we have heard from him and now announced to you. That God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Praise God. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and then yet walk in the darkness, then we lie and we do not practice the truth. But verse 7, and I love verse 7. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, then we... We all have fellowship with one another and the blood, church, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses all of us from our sin. Amen for that. Amen. This light that's been sitting up here on the stage for a while, and you've probably been asking, why is that there? Well, uh, it was given to us, the church is a blessing, and uh, what a blessing it has been. It may just look like a, simple fire and a lamp to you but let me just give you some history to this 2,000 years ago God sent his son to be a light into this world and Jesus was sent to this small little city in Israel called Bethlehem this family that blessed us with this light was able to get this light from Bethlehem all the way to here to Corona, California you're looking at a light from Bethlehem We're going to spend some time in a minute here reflecting about how God's light pours into our life. But right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite two of our pastors, Pastor Daryl and Pastor JT. We're going to come up here right now. And they're going to take a little bit of this, this light. And they're going to begin to light candles all around the worship center in different sections. And so they're going to be bringing the light to your area. We're going to darken the room so only the light is showing. And then what I wanna have you do is think about a couple of things. First thing I wanna have you think about is this, that God's light is meant to shine and to reveal into the darkness of, of of our lives. And so as you sit there, allow God's light to shine into the depths of your heart, your soul, and into your mind. Jesus, he tells us as believers, that the light that he has placed inside of all of us is meant to shine brightly. It's meant to shine brightly into everybody that we come into contact with in our life. And right now, in the next few minutes, in the darkness, God's gonna begin to speak to you. He's gonna begin to reveal light into you. And I believe that God is telling some of you that you need to have your light shine a little brighter into your family. God wants you to be a light to a mother a brother, a sister, a father. For some of you God's going to say your light needs to shine a little bit brighter with your friends. For some of you God's going to say that light needs to shine brighter at your workplace. I've called you to this. And you're going to hear God begin to say that to you. Jesus confirms this and says it in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. He says, "You you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. It cannot be hidden nor does anyone take a, a light or a lamp and put it under a basket, but instead, they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So verse 16 says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and that they would glorify your Father who is in heaven. For some of you in this room, you're desperate for guidance, for guidance, for wisdom, for direction. The beautiful part is God's light is meant to lead us. In uh, Psalms chapter 119, verse 105, it says that your word, your very word, is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. God guides us with that light. The Bible also tells us that God He speaks in a still, small voice, a whisper. And God is powerful through that whisper. And in this time in the darkness, I want you to sit there and I want you to listen, prepare your heart to hear the whisper of God in your life. It was Eli who told a young Samuel to go into the darkness. And when he heard God speak, he said, I want you to say these words. Speak, Lord. Your servant, your servant is listening. So right now, together, church, in the darkness, let God's light shine into your life. Reveal what he wants to reveal to you. But listen for the power of his whisper.
0: Father, I know that you desire for us to be able to hear you. And I know that means we have to open up more than ever. But I know this Elijah found it was that still, small voice. And I know uh, Samuel found that when he said, Speak, Lord, your servant's listening, you spoke. And I know Mary looked and said, Behold, I'm the bond slave of the Lord. And it's about opening up and saying, here we are. Take us, guide us, move in us, call, and you're going to tell us great and mighty things. So, God, I know today there's many who've heard. I know there are some who, because of today, are going to hear better. And maybe they don't hear right now, but they're going to walk out of here. And then you're going to start prompting and moving. But we want to be close. And I ask for your Holy Spirit to move in our midst to stir in our hearts, to remind us of how loved we are by you. I pray every man in this room knows, Lord, you look at them as a son, or you want them to be your son, their sons, Lord, you look at the women here, and you want them either to be your daughter or they are your daughters. And God, we pray that you would just call us more than ever into that love that we would share with you and with each other And life. Oh, we want to live. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone would open the door, I would come in to him. And then it uses a very interesting word, "I, I would dine with him. The word dine is a Greek word there that means to share the evening meal. It was back in that time that Jesus said it, they would understand. That was a meal that you would sit down and you'd spend a long time sharing over, talking about understanding what happened that day, your dreams for life. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. And oh, I want you to open up. I, I want you to open up to me so I can come and have an intimacy with you. It's an invitation to intimacy. The Bible speaks of that over and over. In the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve so they could walk together in the cool of the day and share an intimacy, but because of sin, they, they, that got messed up. Then the very end of the Bible in Revelation At the very last chapter it says this, it says the spirit and the bride, and the bride's the church and the spirit is the Holy Spirit, says the spirit and the bride say come, let everyone who desires to drink of the water of life come, and come drink freely. See here it is, an invitation to intimacy. That's what God does, he invites us to be intimate. And like Bill said, he's a father standing on one side of the door with you on the other and Jesus said I stand at that door and I knock. And you and I can choose are we going to open the door or not. Now today we're going to give some of you a chance to open the door. The Lord loves you and he wants you desperately to have this relationship with him. And if you're here today and you've never opened the door to God, I'm going to ask you to do it. How do you do it? Are you ready? You just say come in. Come in. And the Lord comes in. You pray a prayer. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord. You say, I really want this. I want to have my life be yours. I want to give myself to you completely. I want to open up. And I I don't want this uh, religion. I want the relationship. And then God comes in and he takes you and he loves you. And he, he makes you his child. He does something in you amazing as he cleanses you and forgives you and renews you. And redeems. Now, it is It's worth noting that when Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock, he was saying that to a church. He was saying it to Christians. He said, somehow you've closed the door. And there are some of you today, I'm just hoping you're going to do this. I'm hoping you're going to rededicate yourself to the Lord and recommit to him by saying, come in. I don't want to be far from you, Lord. I want to be close to you. I want your Love, I want your guidance. I want you to take me and, and, and I want to be completely committed. And so today I'm going to say those words to you. Maybe there's been pain in your life that's kept you from God. Maybe it's something you started doing and you know you should stop. And you're like, I want to quit. I want to get back. there. I think there's somebody here today, what it is, you kind of are coming and hoping to ease back in. And you're wishing to have that joy you used to have. Let me tell you something. I've got a message for you and I know it's from the Lord. It's this, you can't ease back in. But I want you to know what God wants you to do. Throw yourself into his arms completely. Don't don't hold out. Just do it today. And say, no more easing. I'm his. I'm coming back. And how do we do it? We pray a prayer. I'm going to go to a time of prayer. And then again, I want some silence in the room. And I'm going to have you think about this. Are you ready to say to the Lord, yes, I'm yours? Yes, I'm yours. And then if you're here today and you want to do this for the first time, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Whisper some words where you commit your life to him and begin this journey with God. Some of you today, I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer so you can recommit yourself to the Lord and come back and have that first love brought back in your life. Some of you today, there's hurt and there's pain. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer and ask God to create healing in your heart and life. So I'm going to hope that God stirs and calls some of you to him. Let's pray. Father, my Abba Father, I pray right now. Lord, you want us to say, you want the church to say, and we're saying it. I we're saying come. Lord, I'm praying there's some people who are hearing that message and they're about to come. Oh, Lord, there's some who need to come home. I pray they will. And I know you're touching them now and they know it's them. And I hope they know that you could not love them more than you do. And so it's just time to open up to that love again. Lord, I think there's another person sitting here today that's just not been able to forgive themselves for what they've done. And there's time for that bondage to that sin and that past to end, and they need to be set free. And so I pray they're gonna. Lord, I, I pray for somebody who's sitting here today that needs to do this for the first time. As a matter of fact, I really believe there's someone who's sitting here right now, and the words they're thinking right now is this is real. They always wondered if it's real, and now they're knowing it's real. You're real. And they're about to experience you. And Father, I pray right now for anybody who needs to just say yes to you. Maybe it's heartbreak. Maybe there's pain. There's, I think there's someone here today who they just, someone they trusted took something from them by going out and spreading it. And it hurt. And they've never been able to get over that recently. And now they need to. So God, we pray that you're just going to start touching every person today who needs to say yes to you. Oh God, I pray they're going to open up. I want to ask all of you who are right with God, would you do this? Would you really, really start praying for those who need to make this decision? Pray for them to say these words. To ask God to, to touch them. And right now I'm going to lead that prayer, and I'm hoping a lot of you pray it. I'm hoping a lot of you say yes to God. And I want to ask you just to actually whisper these words. Say this to him with me if you're ready to open up to him. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus. I know you love me. And I know that you died on the cross to forgive me and to cleanse me from all my sin and failure. To heal me from all hurt and from pain. To make me alive. You want me to be brand new. And you want me to be yours. And here's the words to say, so I say yes. Just say those words, I say yes. I want you, and I want the life you have for me. So I open my heart to you. Please fill me with your love, and fill me with your spirit, and make me yours completely. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and praise God.